This is the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Quick Bites. Uh, welcome to another Pro Audio Suite Quick Bite. Uh, this week, finally, we're going to uh, review the Roadcaster Pro because uh, we have one sitting in front of George. Uh, Robert's also here and so is Robbo in Sydney. But George... What do you think? I am the lucky one. Yes, I am. Um, you wouldn't believe the journey this thing took to get here. <laughs> no one showed up at my house three times when I was out of town, and then wow. I finally got it reshipped to my mailbox where I had to drive out of my way to pick it up. But here it is, and it was totally worth it um, because it is a really cool piece of kit, as you guys say over there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it's really, um, it's a really nice package. Uh, it's it's a little bit large, I think, for some people's desktop spaces, but, but that's because it's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight full 100 millimeter faders. So, you know, that takes space to do that, but it feels good. Um, it looks really nice. It's very colorful, which makes it a lot of fun to use. And sound quality wise, I have no complaints. I mean, you guys have maybe know me well enough to know that I'm not a real audiophile. I have a hard time discerning between like, you know, fast preamps, you know, with a fast servo, whatever all that stuff is. I I don't know. But I do know that it sounds as good as anything that's in that $100 to $500 category of audio interfaces, you know. Um, the preamps in it sound fantastic. It just, it does its job nicely. Um, the learning curve is great too. It was very, very simple to set up. Um course it's coming from an engineer so i understand logically how these things work but the manual is three double-sided cards that are about the size of the unit you know like a foot and a half square that's the manual there's no pages and pages of manuals to to page through they they figure no one's going to read the damn thing anyway (laughs) so why bother putting a huge manual so they just give you these three cards and they can they kind of compel you to look at them because they're really nicely designed and they take you step by step. It's kind of like IKEA instructions for a mixer, you know, with lots of graphics to explain how it works. Um, you know, it's really brilliantly thought out device. Now, obviously, it's been designed for podcasting, but um, and we talked about this with uh, the guy from Rode. Can you see it being used by people like myself in the in a home studio environment? It's way too complex for you, man. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Rob. It's asking a bit much. <laughs> you have to dumb it way down. <laughs> yeah. I, I do see it being used. I mean, you're going to look at the board and go, why do I only need, need two or three faders um, out of the eight? Because you really don't need more than that for a voiceover. But, because it's got four mic preamps, four mic inputs. But that being said, I mean, it has a few tricks up its sleeve that make it pretty handy. Um, one of them is the fact that it has a built-in recorder, which definitely sets this thing apart from a lot of other products out there. Um, records to a micro SD card. Everybody's got at least one of those laying around from your phone or from something at this point, I would think. You slap it in there, format it, and away you go. And I did that right before the show tonight. And that's recording the stereo mix all the time. That's all it records as of right now. If you want to record um, more than a stereo mix, well, it's got USB, and you run that to your computer, and now you can use either a stereo sound driver or a multi-track driver. And both of them are are in the firmware in parallel. They're both there. So when you first set up your software, you choose which of those input systems you want to use. Do you want to keep it simple and just record the stereo mix? What you hear is what you get, because you don't feel like doing any post. 
or you can do multi-track now. And that's a brand new feature that just rolled out recently with a firmware update. And that's a multi-track of all the individual inputs? It is a true stem, you know, single track of a single track of every channel. So four microphones. Of oh, the left faders? And right. Is, is, is uh, it yeah. basically the faders? It's the faders, but anything that has a stereo source is split. So left you've got right, four tracks yeah. for mono mics. You've got a stereo track for the USB return from the computer, which, by the way, can be mix minus as well. So you can tap a switch, and now it's a mix proper mix minus. Or not, in case you want to play back something from the computer and have it be in the mix. Um, and then it's got a, a TRRS connection for a phone. So that's one of those little mini cables with three rings on it that you can plug into the headset jack of a phone. And now that phone is a playback and a recording device or a phone patch, whatever you want to do with it. And then lastly, a, and then actually not lastly, there's another fader that's for Bluetooth. And a lot of other products have Bluetooth. That's not new, but this Bluetooth feature actually is a send and return as well. So it will actually act as another means of bringing in a caller. So you could have someone on your phone, on your mobile phone. So if you have a connection on your computer, and so the return from the connection is coming up on that USB fader, but the mix minus button's in there, so it's not going out the main mix. How is the what in- happens? Well, yeah, <laughs> but but where where does the input come from if you're in multi-track mode? Like I, I, I guess that's where that stereo would work well because you would feed to that connection the stereo so that they could hear everybody, all the other mics. Like uh, say, yes. like say that remote connection was Skype or Source Connect or something. The input would be the stereo imp- the stereo output of right. the uh, road. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, but there is a catch, I believe, and I think someone because I read the I read the um, firmware update blog on the road website, and then I read all the comments. And one of the comments did say that when it's in mix minus mode, that stem or that multi-track channel doesn't get recorded. Um, which, if you think about it, it, makes sense. I mean, how can you, you can't have the output doing two different things at once, be recorded and not be recorded. Well, hopefully, so, I, ideally it would not be recorded in the stereo output, but it would be recorded to the multi-track. Right. So maybe the firmware in a future will find a way around that. Because this is one of those pieces of gear that's a firmware device. You know, it's like it's it's a piece of software running on in the inside. Well, and with the a question, whole bunch of pretty the, nights and buttons and knobs on the outside. The question is, what do you record from that? It's like you should have the option to record the input or the output, because really, it's the output that you want to record onto that. Okay, so you're, if you're recording the individual tracks, which I am right now, I'm recording my microphone on track one in my DAW. Right. So it's if inputs. Inputs fader, are what are inputs are what feed the recording in multi-track mode, right? Mm-hmm. And if I pull down that fader, my my track in my headphones gets quieter. And you guys hear me go away as well. And you're hearing me go away because you're listening to the stereo mix. Right. But the track in the DAW is still getting my mic. So it's it's recording pre-fader. Okay. But even more interesting is you can choose whether that track pre-fader is with its built-in effects or not. So tonight I'm recording that track with the effects so when Robbo gets my audio it's going to have the sound the way he hears it now and I decided to do it that way because well when I do the show I always have effects on my mic you know Robbo is used to that so I want to send him audio that sounds similar to what I normally send so, so I'm what, sending him audio with effects on it what's the USB fader the USB fader is the output of the computer right that's right. So that's how I'm hearing you guys. And it records that to a track? Uh, that is being recorded 
to a track. Yes, the because output. I the output. Yeah, I actually it. sent that That's to a track. Sweet. That's sweet. Yeah. So it's the flexibility but, but, is remarkable. But if you hit the mix minus button, then it doesn't record. Actually, you know what? I think I may have con- I may have contradicted myself because I just said a minute ago that that won't work. But if I go in there into advanced settings, USB, advanced. See, now I can't find that feature. Advanced. It could be because I'm recording. Maybe that's why it won't show it to me. But whatever the case, um, I just said a minute ago it won't send the, it won't record that output. But it, it absolutely is. It's working right now. I'm watching it. That's great work. So, yeah, it's recording every single channel on the board. And if it's a stereo channel, it's stereo and the main mix on another pair of channels. So it's 14 tracks coming out of this board. Um, so it's really, really quite impressive that way. The, the what they've baked into it. So for for layman like myself, are you saying that the USB connection works both in and out at the same time? Yes. Yeah. It is. Wow. It's a it's a playback source from the computer. So for for like exactly like what it's, we're doing now, it's two connections guys, to the computer. It's a multi-track connection and a stereo connection. Yeah, it's even more it's even more complicated than that, Andrew. Yeah, wow. <laughs> it's an in and an out. So that's how I can monitor you guys. But it's also an out and multi-track. So if you want to do post mix, like uh, like our dear Robbo does for all of our shows, which is why they sound so damn good, he um, has that op- option to have each of those channels on the board be separately tracked. So that will give him the ability to, to do a mix and post. So it's two in and 16 out, right? It's two in and really 14 out. The, the 14 um, includes the two stereo outputs? The 14 including the stereo mix. Okay. Right. So it's one, two, three, four mics. One, that's four. Then one, two, three, four stereos. That's eight. Add those together. That's 12. And then the main mix is two more. Gotcha. That's where you get the 14 tracks. Yeah. And it's it wisely makes the very first pair of tracks that stereo mix. So that's going to keep it simple for people that don't know the difference or choose the wrong driver. It's still going to just they're still only going to hear a stereo mix on channel 1 and 2. But but you could with this record four local people have one person on a remote connection, have another person on a phone patch through bluetooth. What's what's the other stereo? Is there just well, the a- other one is a is a tele, like a hardwired phone c- cable, like a TRRS cable going to another smartphone, and have yet another caller. So, so you could have so the, three the, callers. The third channel is like an eighth inch in and out, or what? Like yeah, this? it's an eighth inch TRRS. So it's like a headset jack, like on a oh really? Or like a headset. They should have just so done a, you, like TRS in and TRS out. That would be more flexible, but I guess they figured. People are all using smartphones, and they're just going to buy one of those cables and plug and go. I yeah, guess that was their like, intention. Except for Apple, it's it's re- well, except for Apple, right? With the Apple, you got to buy the Lightning adapter. Um, but you know, that would be for really people really trying to like get milk every capability out of this thing, you know. But for most of them, they're just going to say, "I'll just use the Bluetooth." And what's what's the fourth stereo? Uh, the fourth stereo is the sound effects pad. <laughs> That's the and it has an eight uh, pad control, you know, playback function. That's like the old systems three hundred and sixty from radio. So, so if you wanted to hook up your ISDN box to it, though, you'd have to go through the uh, TRRS 
Good point. <laughs> Connector. <laughs> of course. This is definitely not a product for people that are still, you know, having to be connected to the world of ISDN. That is yeah. that is something missing. It does not have a, a good a proper, XLR you know, XL, aux send or a, a Q bus for that. It so the mics so. aren't line or mic, it's just mic only by the sounds of it then. Well, yeah. also, it doesn't really have multiple mix minuses. So really, if you got more than one connection going on, you'd probably have trouble. Well, I guess it has a mix minus for each of those said channels. So like the Bluetooth doesn't send back to itself. Okay. The, the mobile phone won't send back to itself. Okay, in that I case... I think, right? Because if it did, that would be a train wreck, wouldn't it? Yeah, because of course, if you're on the phone, you'd be hearing yourself back as well. Yeah. Absolutely. So it has. So to keep answering your questions about the inputs, it's it's for XLR, and they are no, they are not combos. So they are not uh, line XLR combo jacks. Mm. So this was really, you know, they did not intend this for people for people that want to expand their studio or or patch in a lot of outboard gear. They just really did not intend it for that. They this thing has it's an economy. It's very economical. You know, what, what's its price its point? Ins and out. Is it running for 600 US? But I guess the other thing too, what George was saying is it's actually, and, and to Robert's point, is it's actually not done, made for voiceover. It's made for podcast. That's why the, I guess at the end it of the is. day, that's why Clearly. they kind of went, well, we don't need line. We only need mic. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I think what Robert said is, I mean, what Robert said is if you really, really have to do that, you could have a breakout cable that plugs into the TRRS and splits out and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> sounds you can, like a nightmare. Yeah, you could mandate the hell out 10. of it. Could get but ugly. It is not it ideal. Yeah. It's not ideal for that. So um, in terms of the processing, it's, again, we're, we're looking at, this is for talent. This is for hosts. This is for amateurs. So processing is literally on-off switches. There's a compressor on off, a high pass, a noise gate, a de-esser. Is it all like um, self-set? Like somehow it senses the uh, threshold? That is a good question. I have no idea how the algorithms are set, whether they're based on the mic model you're using or what, because they also let you choose what mic you're using. It actually asks you, are you using an NT1, an NT1A? And if you're not using a Rode mic, then it says, are you on a condenser or are you on a dynamic? And then it just kind of guesses, I guess. Um, but there's wow. tr a tremendous amount of, you know, algorithmic stuff going on that these people worked on very hard to try to figure out what would sound the best on the most possible microphones. Um, it even has for, for level setting for the, for the amateur, you just choose, I need, uh, I have a soft voice, I have a medium voice or I have a loud voice, or I have a deep voice, a medium voice, or a bright voice. Does it have a gate, like an expander? I'm using it right now. Um, <laughs> and I like it because it's an expander. It, it works like an expander. Yeah, so it's, it's a, not a hard doesn't clip off. on off gate. Yeah. So they call it gate, but it it feels more like an expander. It's a downward so. expander. Yeah. And it 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 works reasonably well. Like in extreme cases, you know, the release is a little slow. It's not quite as fast as maybe I'd want it blah blah blah, but I mean seriously, it's it's doing its job quite nicely right now and I'm not in a very quiet room. I mean, my Mac Mini's fan is always screaming away right underneath my desk and so it if, does a great job. If you're not into podcasting, um, it's still kind of interesting because it would feasibly make a phone patch interestingly easy. Um, or yeah, you know, because it just through Bluetooth you could hook your phone up to it. Yeah, um, yeah. If you're not into pod pod podcasting and webcasting, it's a little ridiculous. If you're a voice actor who spent 20 years in radio and you really, really miss having a radio style console in your booth, this thing would be a hell of a lot of fun to have. 
Does it have a way to do playback? So like if you're on a phone patch through the Bluetooth and you want to playback what you're recording in the computer, you can feed the computer to the Bluetooth, right? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, the Bluetooth could be any source. Well, the Bluetooth, know, Bluetooth will be your it, phone in and out. That's the phone patch, right? Right. And then you want to feed the playback out of your computer into the, the Bluetooth, basically. But that so would be well, through you, the USB, wouldn't it? You'd well, right, with the, the USB, USB fader, the USB fader would feed the Bluetooth. Well, you just have to decide like what you want to use each of these inputs for. So if you're using the Bluetooth with a mobile phone for a phone patch, then that's going to be kind of dedicated to that. Right. If you want to have playbacks for, for some reason, that's going to come up on the USB fader. Right. And that right should now, send it to that, the Bluetooth. It should send that playback yes. from the USB over to the Bluetooth. So then, so then you've got playbacks without having to do like a, you know, like a plug-in and a DAW kind of thing. That's true. You're thinking about it more from the production side. Oh yeah, yeah it can do that. It can do that production need for sure. Um, now it's only one pair of returns, right? It's a, it's simply a stereo computer feedback to the board. So. You can't do a separate mix for each caller, and you can't get too crazy, obviously, because it's just a stereo return from the computer. Right, right? but I mean, really, um, what it is is just like if you're doing, if you're a voiceover and, and actor, and you want to do a session and playback takes to the people on your phone patch, you can. You definitely can do that. Yeah, you could also have the the Bluetooth be another computer for another playback source, or for something else that's Bluetooth. Who knows? Um, I don't know how many people would use it that way, but it has that capability. So, again, it's the only feature. I have not demoed the Bluetooth and the TRS uh, inputs yet, or the TRRS mini jack yet. I haven't tried those to see how they sound, sound quality-wise and all that. But um, the fact that they're there and they're easy to use is huge. Because with broadcast boards and anything with an aux send, that makes people's eyes roll the back in their head. You know, trying to understand a mix minus and trying to set it up. Yeah, it's a lot it's, easier just to hit a mix minus button. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, this thing's just baked baked in there. It's just that's just how it works. If you don't want it to do that, well, it's not the right product. That's the kind of the bottom line with this. It's not designed to be ultra flexible. It's designed to be ultra easy and sound sound good and look really cool too. I mean, it it looks damn cool. I mean, it's it's a fun thing to look at. Does it have like presets that you can save? Do the, are the faders just dumb, like not not motorized or anything? The faders are not; they're not motorized. They're just plain old analog faders. Um, there's no like snapshot scenes or presets in the system yet. I mean, I keep saying yet because I can only imagine as the product sells and gets out in the wild and people use it, they'll start asking for these things, and then they'll they'll just put in firmware updates. I mean, it's at firmware one point one. So, I mean, there's a long path ahead in terms of firmware updates they can do. So I would imagine they could do something like that. And if it's not saved internally to the computer or to the roadcaster, maybe it could be saved to, um, you know, a, an application on the computer. You know, so it's, it has one really simple application. It's kind of silly, but all it does is let you choose the colors of the buttons uh, for the playbacks. That's all it really does right now. It's kind of like a placeholder app, sort of like, well, yep, there's an app, and this is what it does, and that's it. But just so you know, there's an app here, just in case, you know, we want to add features to it. Does it have like SPDIF or AES? Nope, no digital I.O. at all, none. It's pure analog all the way through. How many headphone outputs does it have? 
Ah, we didn't cover that. It's got four headphone outputs, and uh, each with a nice gain uh, control, and it's it has that sort of quasi-fake stepped knob, you know, where it ratchets when you turn it. Um, but it feels good. You know, it feels solid. The knobs don't wiggle really at all when you move them around. You know, it feels it feels well made. The big question you haven't answered though yet, George, is does it have a uh, does it have an ashtray and a stubby holder? <laughs> <laughs> no one smokes in Australia, Robbo. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose there's somewhere where you could glue one onto this thing, but no, it does not have one. <laughs> um, and then the last knob I didn't even mention is the monitor output. So it does have a studio monitors output knob as well. Oh, nice. And I haven't tried that either. That'd be great if I had like a control room talkback. Yeah, it doesn't have a control room talkback. It, it's got a studio monitor out and having not tried that feature yet, um, if it works like a true broadcast board, when you turn on your mic, it should mute the speakers mm. so that you don't get a feedback. You would hope so. Yeah, otherwise it could get right. really ugly. Yeah, so I haven't, tri- I haven't tried that yet. So I'm curious as to whether... When you plug in the monitors, are you going to get them feeding back or not? Or is it going to cut them? Because I've used some other compact broadcast boards, one made by Alan Heath. And when you punch on on the mic input, it cuts the monitor's outputs for you. Or you can say, don't do that. You have a dip switch to change it. So this one doesn't have that either. It's simplified. Again, there's because it's firmware-driven, because it has a touchscreen that controls all its features... It just seems like there's so much they can do if they choose to. And it's going to really come down to how complicated do we want to make this unit? How much more expensive or, or not? Well, how, And how um, powerful is what, what chip is in there already? Right. Is the chip capable of doing these right. things? You know, it's, it's, uh, time will tell. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm so far really impressed. I mean, if you do podcasts and you record multiple mics, um, you want to use processing, but you don't know how to use it. And you don't want to spend the money to hire somebody to set it up for you. Um, this is this is a pretty darn close to the most the closest I've seen to a one box solution that does make pretty much everybody sound pretty good with minimal education. All right, so George, uh, out of ten, give us a score and why. Well, knowing that knowing that there's things it has potential to improve, you know, and add a few features, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Wow. Maybe that's being a little hard on it. Maybe even a nine out of ten. Um, but for its intended audience, definitely a nine out of ten. Mm. I mean, it can it can improve. It can add some features. But as is as the product is right now, I, I would be hard pressed to give it anything less than a nine. I mean, it's just really I'm very impressed with it. It's clean. Um, the headphones outputs are just powerful. Um, it just, it does all the things you need it to do. I, I'm, I'm, I, and I didn't even look at the manual. I mean, I thought I looked at it from the fact of, oh, that's cool. It has a, a manual, but, uh, you know, if you have engineering experience, you will not need to open the manual. Yeah. I mean, it is super easy to learn to use. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So road, nice work. And, um, I'm going to recommend it to my podcast people and those aren't, that many yet. Um, most of my clients are voice actors. Um, I may occasionally recommend it to a voice actor who wants to also do podcasting, which that's becoming more of a thing. I have plenty of voice actors who are hearing about this podcast thing and they want to throw their hat in the ring. I wonder why they would want to do that. That's crazy. Because <laughs> they don't <laughs> like their hat. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Uh, yes. Anyways, that's the Roadcaster and uh, Roadcaster Pro, and um, go check it out if you're trying to join into this podcasting fiesta we're having all around the world. Beautiful, <laughs> more podcasting than ever. Thumbs up for the Roadcaster Pro, then. Thumbs uh, up. That's our quick bite for this week. We'll be back next week with something interesting. <laughs> Hopefully quicker than that. <laughs> that was the Pro Audio Suite. If you have any questions or ideas for a show, let us know via our Facebook, the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. You look for trouble.